0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Kraus.
1: Hello, this is Glenn Krause from Wiser Wednesdays, Experience Speaks, and Core CDI with another great podcast today. I'm privileged to talk to uh, Ryan Kelly, the executive director of uh, the Louisiana HEMA and the Mississippi HEMA chapter that helps run the organization from an organizational standpoint, and I'm so glad to have Ryan on the show. Ryan, thank you so much for being here. A little bit about yourself before we get started.
2: Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here with you on the Wiser Wednesday podcast. Um, So, a little bit about myself. I do uh, have a kind of a diverse healthcare background. Um, HIM is a big part of, uh, of course, healthcare itself and a big part of what I do on a daily basis. Uh, We're also involved in rural health, telehealth, a uh, variety of uh, sub disciplines in healthcare. Uh, and we try to take a global perspective to see how all these different perspectives and all these different disciplines revolve around one another to improve the overall healthcare sphere. So we try to take that top end approach and put people in the right place and uh, work on policy, legislation, and advocacy that advances healthcare forward here in the United States.
1: Oh, that sounds exciting. I'm glad you're on, this, on the podcast. And we hooked up on LinkedIn, what, about a couple months ago, I think? Uh, with the Louisiana chapter, and uh, we did a great webinar, uh, was it, what, last month, I think? Yeah, last month, and uh, we have another one coming up from Louisiana HEMA. Go to their website. What's their website again?
2: Real simple, www.lhima.org. So L-H-I-M-A, as in Louisiana Health Information Management Association, .org.
1: So please check out the website and sign up. It's very cost-effective, and we are going to... Uh, be providing some great, useful, practical information. Ryan, once again, thanks for being here. I know we've been discussing the long overdue critical needs for CDI transformation. The current mission of CDI really needs to change and evolve, as we had spoken a couple weeks back, where where the documentation serves as a communication tool. And with today's pandemic, the need for CDI rebranding, rebirthing, reinventing, reformulating, whatever you want to refer to it, is becoming more readily apparent. You know, I see all the time hospitals in the rural areas, particularly in uh, two hospitals in uh, Georgia just closed in October. A couple of hospitals in Tennessee, Dr. Jake Martin's area, closed uh, as a result of the pandemic, not only, but that was an ale in the coffin. So... What do you think as an executive in the healthcare field, not, you know, within the hospitals, but having that great business sense and outside viewpoint, what is it going to take to try transformation in the CDI? What do you you think?
2: Well, Glenn, I think you're exactly right, and we we did talk a couple of weeks ago about this. And um, you know, I've been thinking for for years. You know, why are we having issues with equality reporting, uh, and why are we having such a time transitioning from a fee-for-service model to a value-based model? And I think all of this revolves around the fact that we're used to doing things the same way that we always have, and we just are, we're creatures of habit. The Lord made us that way, that we are all uh, used to doing things a certain way, and we don't like change. You couple that with administrators and staff that are overwhelmed with the current uh, nature of uh, of healthcare, especially here in 2020 with COVID where you uh, right. do gasoline on the fire, uh, right. and it, it shows that there are gaps. in the the mechanism of how we're doing this. So CDI usually falls under the quality manager or the the CMO uh, or the chief medical director, whereas Mm -hmm. coding would fall under the CFO usually uh, in facilities. And so you get these two areas that are supposed to be married to one another, but yet their leadership chains are often very different. And then we wonder why is it that the CDI is not catching certain things and the coders aren't having that relationship with the CDI uh, staff. I believe that we need to marry these much more closely and change the leadership structures within our facilities to better match the current nature of healthcare care uh, and, and how these are really more of a dynamic team approach rather than a segmented uh, approach.
1: Do you think that because it's been going for so long, in terms of our processes that that's a kind of a roadblock, you know, people don't want to change.
2: Change is a difficult thing, and when you are set in your ways and you've been doing things a certain way, you have to rewrite policies. You've got all of these manuals that now have to be completely redone. Uh, reteaching people how to do their jobs is a difficult thing. Uh, it may even involve having to retrain or even rehire people with different specialties and different positions. Uh, and so I think because of that, many people just uh, bury their heads under the sand and say, well, we're going to get by. You know, What we're doing is good enough. And, and good enough is not going to be good enough for much longer. As uh, so you said, hospitals are closing, clinics mm-hmm. are losing revenue, more and more facilities are struggling from a financial perspective. They're leaving money on the table. All of these claims that are using uh, either outdated codes or insufficient codes or, or codes that are just flat-out incorrect. And, of course, insurance companies, they are, they're savvy, and they're catching them. They're auditing the claims. They're denying claims because they're being um, submitted. Falsely, or facilities are just leaving money on the table by not coding everything that they can, and so this is a mix of major problems within the healthcare sphere where providers are being left out uh, of a lot of the money that they need, or money being back. Absolutely.
1: And and Dr. Jake Martin and I are going to be talking at the Louisiana Hema uh, December 8th uh, webinar. We call it Open Door Discussion. And we're going to be talking about the fact that we should be thinking denials of avoidance, preemptive, proactive denials of avoidance. And, Orion, that's something that really we have to be focusing on because it's not what money we think we're going to get paid based on the diagnosis and optimal DRG. It's what the payers pay us based on the documentation to support the DRG. Who maybe are reluctant to acquire these new skill sets and core competencies and knowledge base. And I think one of the interesting things that I want to touch base on is a lot of the people in the CDI profession, second career people, There are nurses, there's coders. Based on my first hand knowledge and talking in the industry, that people tech- think the CDI is a way to get off the floor. It's the Monday right. through Friday job. It's a job. It's not a job. It's a calling. It's a career. So I want to. Know, which leads me to my next question: What do you see as an executive? Okay, quite familiar with the healthcare arena, yeah. uh, and you're down in Mississippi, Louisiana. that's so you're a part of the country where <laughs> hospitals are really, really struggling. What do you think is a viable strategy for the profession to move the needle? What's it going to take for the pain to get so uh, tremendous? For the C-suite that they realize these denials can be avoided. What are you thinking down the road? Because you brought an interesting point. This is not a viable model for longevity as a profession. Uh, hospitals are uh, closing, and some of these hospitals have CDI programs, and you can't put the burden entirely on the CDI, but they play such a vital role.
2: Mm-hmm. they do well and you know the, the question you ask is that the million or if you will billion dollar question how do we how do we encourage and, and in some ways even force this transformation? Uh, I think a lot of it comes back to something that 's probably a little bit of my fault, and people like me we 're not telling the story of health information professionals well enough. Uh, so you get hospital administrators that come in and they you know they 're very closely tied to the doctors and to an extent the nurses uh, and you know the, the little h i m department down the hallway or in the basement wherever they put it. Uh, is a secondary. You know, it's it's something that they know has to go on, and they're going to do their little work down there, and uh, and then they're going to send it off and get money back. They don't realize. I uh, I've always called the HIM department the mitochondrion of the hospital. It's like the powerhouse. Oh, yeah? it's, it's generating. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean it's generating everything. Doctors don't get paid if HIM doesn't do their job, uh, and CDI, of course, is the bridge. They are making sure that all of the documentation is correct, the codes are correct, the um, the, the procedures are, are entered correctly with everything uh, that is, is subsequent to, to the, that documentation, uh, and it's ready to be filed. Uh, and so you know you've got this bridge that understands the diagnostic side, but they also understand the coding side. That is not a nurse. That's not a doctor. And it, honestly, it's not even a coder either. It's someone who's been trained in both areas. It's a specialized person. And mm-hmm. I think that our administrators have to understand that a CDI, in particular, is a specialized individual that is that understands both sides of the aisle. Now, it could be a nurse. And it could be a coder, but they have to be specialized in what they know. A nurse is not going to learn coding, and a coder is not going to learn medicine in an effective manner without specialized training uh, and and probably some experience to go along with it. That is far too important of a job to give someone just because they want to get off their feet and get behind a desk. They need um, to be trained and specialized.
1: That kind of brings me up to a couple of closing points here. One of them is we do get training in the CDI, however, it's, I believe, a a narrow narrowly focused, uh, which I'm not saying is wrong, a narrowly focused Manta of uh, CCs, MCCs, quality scores, uh, hacks, and so forth. That's really important. My colleague, uh, Heidi, up in Minnesota, uh, that's the structure of their program. It's going great. He said, really, we need to focus on is knowledge sharing and learnings and teachings and best practice standards of documentation. Being able to pick up a chart and identify insufficiencies, and that's why Dr. Jake Martin and I are so excited to be doing this webinar for the Louisiana Hema on December 8th, because we recognize that without medical necessity, without good documentation, without a good patient story in the ER and the HMP, there's no need for CDI because there is no patient acuity. payer ain't going to pay you. And what we're doing is giving them an issue. The payers want to pay us. And you know, what hospital can afford to get money away? I think the answer, we know the answer to that. So one last thing I wanted to kind of call with you is, okay, how can we become more of a driving force in the CDI space? Any thoughts?
2: Well, I think it's a twofold approach. Uh, one needs to come from our state level, you know, so so me, uh, and then one needs to come from AHIMA. The state level approach is kind of what I mentioned. We need to be having conversations with our C-suite leaders within the state and to explain to them. What these different roles are supposed to be. You know, don't go off of what Jack or Jill says in the hospital because they've got a friend who thinks they might be good at this job, or even yeah. go off of a set of you know so-called uh, recommendations. But they, we need a standardized process for them to understand what these HIM roles are and what kind of a, a, a degree type will get you there. Uh, and then the second comes from AHIMA, and AHIMA is going to have to tell the story better. And in some cases, they've done a good job with some of our disciplines. And in some cases, I'm afraid, and I know many of our members feel the same way, they are watering down the profession with like, these little micro degrees now that they're oh, are trying to get that? out of it.
1: I saw that the other day. I, I made a comment on LinkedIn. Yes, I'm, I, I don't think that's a good idea. You're right. Yeah, I really don't. And I understand
2: where they're trying to go with it, but we aren't telling the big story well enough. The last thing we need to do is muddy the water up more. Uh, We need to explain to these providers, to these leaders, what HIM is, the power that HIM has, and better tell that story. And if we can be effective in that, then perhaps we can go off into some micro-credential degrees. But right now, if they don't know what CDI is, they're sure not going to know what some of these little lesser degrees are and these less certificates. So let's do what we do better and then let's keep on moving down the road and when we do that we're going to see improvement and we're going to see more people wanting to get into HIM because they realize how powerful of a profession this truly is
1: that's right and we need to be kind of I think I want to close with this Ryan Uh, we need to be at the forefront what CDI represents it's not a job it's not a task it's a role Dr. Martin calls it a calling and we and our hospitals are in really financial dire straits. I've known thirty four CDI people that got laid off from one big health system throughout the country. Which kind of tells me that we haven't articulated our value. And so you're right, we we really need to be at the forefront, change the tune of CDI. It's a, a critical wall. We can be financial saviors and uh, hopefully we move in that direction. So I'm glad that you're in your role as the executive director, because you carry a lot of weight. And I wanted to thank you for your time. Before we close, I just want to reiterate, just go to the lahima.org. dot org, right, Ryan?
2: That's correct, yes. The
1: website, And please sign up. And I, I believe it's going to be recorded, right, uh, Ryan?
2: Uh, that's right. We will have it recorded, and they can download an archive version if they can't make the right.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. So please, if you can't make the summary, please do so. And the last thing is, please go to the Core-CDI.com website with a host of resources. Sign up for my newsletter. I have, if you go to Anchor FM or you go to iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, we've had some great speakers. Several doctors, Dr. Tisha Titus, who's the associate professor working with residents, teaching them how to document more effectively. So, Ryan, thank you so much. For today's podcast of Horizon Wednesday Experience Speaks, please check out our other podcasts and also TopGunOnTechSchool.com. I'm a co founder. There's over 70 webinars that you can uh, take a look at over there, and we have some newsletters. Okay? So thanks again, everyone, for listening, and have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening. Glenn Kraus can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com.
2: Articlecodinggeek.com.